Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talking Pictures, first episode of January. Thank you for bearing with us. I had some health issues and wanted to give my 100%. We're here today with Russ Emanuel. And uh, Russell is a director we've had on before for his film, uh, The Occupants, which he was at Comic-Con. And he was kind enough to uh, come on air and take his time. And I know Comic-Con's craziness. So please Google and check out that episode. Uh, Russell, what would you like to start with today? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me on again and in studio. Which yes, in studio. Yes, of pretty, course. Pretty surreal. So thank you. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Um, no, I just, uh, whatever you want me to talk about, I mean, I'm just grateful that you're having me on the air. Oh, no, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. This is, uh, as you see, our first live episode, and this is kind of cool because we, uh, for our listeners and new listeners, we have guests from just all over the country, so to have a guest that lives a couple miles away uh, and be able to have the opportunity to talk in the studio instead of me just saying I'm in the studio is really cool. So uh, maybe what we'll do is before we jump into Russell's films, if briefly you just want to take a moment or two to tell us about something great that you've seen lately, since we are in award season and uh, something that I've seen recently. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching my own films but uh just uh recent you know ladybird i saw ladybird um uh with my uh friend troy gavaldon who i'm shouting out because he's sick right now uh, okay and troy is the uh the producer writer of collar is the film i'll, I'll talk about collar okay. um but we saw ladybird and i'm gonna tell you this i have something called movie pass i don't know if you have it but it works it is phenomenal because i saw i remember seeing the last jedi on opening night right and I got in, and it was 13 bucks. And the pass is, what, nine ninety nine per month? So right. shout out to them, because I've been seeing a lot of movies. You know, yeah, Lady Bird was great. You know, that's uh, – I'm laughing that you mentioned that, because our associate producer, Erin, uh, I think once a week she says to me, I don't know why you don't have movie pass. And so she's going to like that a guest brought that up. Um, that's – you know, that's why I have Prime, and there's a guest who I, I always want to foot the bill because I've had Prime for like a year, mm-hmm. and you look at the, you know, you get into buying all those channels, yeah. and then I just want to tell the guest, you're the one who got me into this, so, you know, do you want to pay for it? You know, uh, like, <laughs> not literally, but, you know, I'm just like, you know, the expense sheet was different before you, like, told me I have to have it, uh, but Lady Bird where, you know, uh, we've had some guests that have set, that have asked me because they know we're uncensored and we're not owned and uh, we're not going to get into the controversy, but uh, could you just comment on what you think has a director of the directing and we're not going to get into the whole. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, there's this one scene in the film um, and it's with Lori Metcalf and she's driving away from the airport. I, I can't give it away, but... Right, um, right. We'll put it this way. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it, was, it was so... It was so heartfelt. And she wasn't saying anything. Uh, Lori does it. Right. Um, but, my God, that that's like one of many scenes that ex- exemplifies the movie. But it just really... Um, it just tugs. It tugs at you, so... 
you know, I hope it does well at the Oscars. Yeah, it, it's, uh, for me, I lived in Sacramento for four years. So the film was uh, completely different because I was able to, when they would reference certain things, I knew it. What I want to say about, uh, you know, the scene he's talking about is, I, you know, those scenes when nothing's being said, again, silent film is, you know, that's where it's at. But um, there was this one thing that's just as influential as what you were, or not as influential, what you were saying was they did such a good job because there was like five establishing shots Mm -hmm. and the places they picked were actually how the characters were feeling. And I've never seen a film where establishing shots were, uh, I mean, when the, just the fact is Lady Bird is so, you know, it's, it's more, it's just, it's like a, it's like the biggest political issue right now, but uh, I had, I personally, uh, I had never even thought of that as a concept of we're going to save the establishing shots for how the characters are feeling. And I'll share something on air here very quickly. They, they showed one bar and I'm not afraid to say I had an alcohol problem in my twenties and it was a bar that I used to go and drink at. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and I and I just was floored and knew that I was kind of and I've never had a, a an establishing shot uh, floor me with a film yeah. because they're yeah. just supposed to you know say hey we're here we're here and and, and I thought who either the location manager deserves an Oscar or there was really some it was just it was kind of out of body because I just thought wow like the thing that was so cinematic was a bar. <laughs> like, um, and again, we're not laughing at alcohol or the disease. So, uh, but Lady Bird uh, definitely recommend it. And for me, it was a film, and I just want to hear this last perspective from you, Russell, on it. It was a film that kind of, uh, I almost feel like it grows. Like you watch it and then, uh, you start to notice things more. I think that's why they're yeah. talking about the directing of it. I don't think you get it all in the first viewing. Did, did you no, feel that no, way? I, no, no, you're correct. You're correct. In fact, uh, uh, for certain films, I would like to watch it over and over right. because you will miss something. Um, right. You know, I meant, just if you're talking about, let's say, Occupants, the one that I directed, I suddenly put stuff in there that it's going to be impossible to see right. on the first viewing. So, yeah, you just to, to be able to immerse yourself in it. But I'll tell you one thing, you're mentioning politics and all that. Right. At first, when I heard the name Lady Bird, I thought <laughs> it was about Lady Bird Johnson. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's not. Yeah, yes, exactly. Obviously, it's not about our former person. Right, right. I, you know, I, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's, I thought that too, because I, because they had just put out Woody Harrelson and LBJ. Yeah. So I thought, okay, the marketing wheels are spinning. And also, we want to let people know that don't. Um, we had Rachel Morrison, ASC, who just became the first woman to get an ASC nomination. And they're usually the Oscar nomination. So she could be the first uh, cinematographer to receive an Oscar nomination um uh rachel came on the show and of course she could not say a word about black panther because it's a marvel movie but when she said it was when i saw that it was black panther i thought it was a huey p newton movie 
I was like, yeah, man, like, I love it. I love history. I love Huey P. Newton. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I heard it was Marvel and I was like, oh, so we did talk about that. And she did say how her family was like, you're going to do a Huey P. Newton movie. Uh, go in the archives, check that out. Rachel is totally uh, fantastic. Um, so Russell, uh, what's, what film would you like to start out with? Russell, uh, I don't know. You, yeah. you, you're just your films. Well, well, I, I guess I have a little background on me, yeah. if you like. Um, so I've been making films, I guess, professional films, if you will, since about 2003, oh. 2002. Um, and it, it was the film. It's a short film called Girl with Gun. And Girl, Girl with Gun, we're talking about Comic Con. It actually uh, premiered at Comic Con. Oh. So. You know, and that was a real surreal um, experience. The Girl with Gun is an action film. And yeah. um, I just did another action film with uh, Robert Picardo and Marina Sirtis called Assassin's Apprentice. So I'll talk about that too. But that one um, basically, I guess, got me on the map in, in the sense that it just went everywhere. Yeah. And it was, it was really surreal. And because of that film, I met my um, uh, future producer, Howard Nash. And Howard um, and I have done five feature films together um and that's pj which stars the late john hurd um chasing the green which uh has jeremy london ryan hurst and uh william devane um and uh, legends of, of nathaya um which has robert picardo in the main role and robert picardo by the way i've worked with him for six films now so and um, then we did Occupants, Occupants with Robert Picardo, Brianna White, Michael Pliasi, and that really just, that, that film is really, really taken off. And which, just really, which, where can people watch it? Oh, uh, you can watch it on Am Amazon Prime. Yes, Amazon yeah. Prime. You can, and you can, yeah, yeah you yeah. don't have anyone to charge like me. Go ahead. Uh, um, you could actually watch PJ and Chasing the Green on, on Amazon Prime also. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then right now we're in post-production on our fifth feature film together and it's called whisper okay. uh you can go to whisperproject.com um you can go to my website russem um productions at russem.com r-u-s-s-e-m.com and you could see all the films um <clears throat> what was the title on that second one uh the second one um uh, was it the PJ? one that was on prime oh uh pj chasing the green and occupy PJ, yeah, it's you actually know. Uh, our distributor uh, put a tagline, PJ, A Journey of the Heart, because if you type PJ, there's a 1968 film with that title. Oh, so, okay. So to differentiate. Let's see. Yeah, you know, we're going to, I'm going to take a second here while I look this up. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you type uh, PJ Chasing, well, you PJ know. Well, PJ and Chasing the Green are two different films. Um, Chasing the Green is on Prime? Yeah, that's on Prime also. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is cool. Okay. Now, normally, oh, yeah, this, yeah, you know what? This is, we got to. Um, I would love to cash the green. Too. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, okay, here's what I like about the show that I'm, I don't know if I told Russell. I like, um, I like the aspect that we can, uh, I don't want to say F around, uh, F around. And okay, yeah, so you can find Chasing the Green. What I wanted to ask you about, and uh, not to get, I won't get too far off point because you you said something really, uh, Jeremy London, and that's Randall Pink Floyd, right? Randall Pink Floyd? From Dazed and Confused? Uh, uh, you mean Jeremy? Yeah. I think so. Was it not his 
one twin brother. <laughs> yeah, see, you know what? I'm there's Jason and Germ. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, because I remember. Dave, yeah, yeah, one was one one owned the '90s for Dazed and Confused. He, he was in Mallrats. I remember that. He was also on uh, what's it? Uh, that show? Oh, come on, come on. Uh, he was on. A, you know, he was famous for it. See, because all this makes me think of high school. Because he was on this big uh, Jason. London was on a big party show. of five. Yes. No, that was Jeremy. Jeremy was in party of five and more. Okay. Yeah. I hate to say it, and no offense, he uh, ate at our one of my father's restaurants one time, and he was, again, no offense, because you know him, he was frustrated that we asked him his name, and partially it's because we don't care who celebrities are, like because we're their people. And so, but he was kind of like, took it as a, okay, yeah, so that's the brother. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I'm, uh, I, I grew up, oh, that's awesome. It's on one of his most known. <laughs> Let me ask cool. a, a quick question. Yeah, as I say, how does that feel as a director that you look up somebody on IMDb and their, their most known work is linked to it, you? It's surreal. It's surreal. I mean, look, I, you know, it, it was an honor to work with any of these actors. Um, you know, it's it just, it, it was a, it was an incredible experience. We shot that in New York. Um, you know, I was the second time feature film director at that point. In fact, I celebrated my 30th birthday on set. Oh, and then, uh, okay. The producer, Howard, he uh, had a pineapple cake for me. And then I remember Jeremy was there. Uh, Heather McComb was in it. She was there. Ryan uh, was there. Okay. Um, you know, the, the extras. Um, just, it was really surreal. And then, Remember getting these stale ding dongs also. I think, but it was so cool. Yeah. So, um, no, it's just it's very surreal, and I'm just very humbled that um, and grateful that you know I'm at this point. But you see people like Howard Nash, and I got to mention Emil Harris. Emil Harris uh, is my uh, DP and editor right. for Occupants for Whisper for a lot of projects. He's been editing pretty much all my films, including Chasing the Green. So and, you guys know he didn't say Emil Hirsch. No, not a real so quick listeners, or I, because see, I, we we have some listeners, and I, I don't mind at all because I don't people I don't expect people to stop their lives, but some people have told me they they put it on and you know they do something or they listen while they're driving, not like it's you know like on their speaker. I do tend to speak fast, so no, oh no, 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 no. quick <laughs> listeners, quick, yeah, yeah, uh, no, quick listeners. Not but, Emil Hirsch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So please know Emil Hirsch is not the cinematographer. Yeah. So, um, good. But Emil Harris, yeah. um, like right now, he um, uh, just did the second cut of Whisper, and I was so floored that it was good. I mean, his editing is just incredible. He's won a lot of awards for editing for right. occupants. I mean, I'm, this guy is incredible. So, you know, people like him, people like Howard, I mean, I can go on and on. Chump Mohemian, our sound designer, he's now working on The Assassin's Apprentice, and right. we're going to do a sound mix final sound mix in uh, early February. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, we have like Vasilis, Melissa's our composer, um, you know, just Robert Ricardo. Right. I mean, just to have these people take a chance on somebody like me, you know, it, it's just, it's very, it, it's, it's very emotional because they didn't have to, you know, right. Howard didn't have to take a chance on me. John Hurd, you know, a rest in peace. Um, he didn't have to take a chance on me for PJ. I right. mean, to be to direct him and people like Vincent Pastore and Robert Ricardo and you know, I mean, it's just well, plus I, it, it's 
Yeah, and John Heard so much. He has so much more work, but of course, than me. Yeah, look, I was a 29 year old director, and then being directing this veteran. I mean, it's just. Well, I mean, that's like. I mean, if you ever seen Cutter's Way, I mean, if you he played a was it paraplegic? Is that what? Like he had a. I mean, John Heard. I think you know. Amazing. Everybody just thinks of him as the dad in Home Alone. No, he's a lot more than that. But he has so much more. I mean, he's even nominated for an Emmy. Let's see what that's for. Um, you know, The Sopranos. The Sopranos. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because one of our executive producers is, like, utterly hooked on that show. It's all they talk about now. Uh, this executive producer spends movie time with me, and since they discovered The Sopranos, they movie night has been canceled for a long time so yeah. so it's kind of like damn you sopranos like i used to like to sit and talk about movies with my ep and now we now we get this so i, I think they use more profanity than damn on that <laughs> right, right, right right well we're you know we're definitely a show uh we we've had a i would say maybe a 30 percent of guests because one of the things i i definitely pride myself on I want people to say what they want. So if if, an, if a bad word comes out, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm not going to go to the sound editor. I think right now, allow me 10 seconds on my soapbox. Obviously, freedom of speech is under, uh, you know, not attack. It is under attack. Uh, freedom of press. We're not, you know. The Post. I just saw The Post. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not a perfect film, but it was a really good film. And oh, I'm going to see that this um, weekend. Yeah, it's it's um it's a Spielberg film, Steven Spielberg. Right. Yeah. One reason um I, I also watch it is because I like John Williams. And John Williams oh. is the composer of the film. Now, John Williams is the reason I became a filmmaker. When oh. I listened to his score for a Richard Donner Superman, um, that really hooked me. And then I remember the scene in the helicopter in Jurassic Park. They're approaching the island, which I right. guess Technically, they filmed in Hawaii. Yeah, there well, they, they actually, they, they filmed on the island I'm from. I know people oh, that worked cool. on it, and yeah. yeah. I mean, but that scene with the music and the acting and the cinematography, and then there's like, here's here's the island, here's Jurassic Park, and you can hear the music, and right. it just really hooked me. So, you know, I've, I've been a lifelong John Williams fan. I am so happy that he's still uh, going to do episode nine of Star Wars. Right. Um, he's going to work on Indiana Jones 5. I meant the guy's 85. Right, right, right. Years old, and he's still... And his, uh, there's this one cue in The Last Jedi, which, you know, not a perfect film, right. but there's one cue called The Battle of Crate, and right. there's a section in it, because I I'm, I can't spoil it, but let's right. say that, you know, the certain group was, was very desperate. Right. So the way he used the strings in this one-minute segment, you can feel that desperation. Right, and to have somebody who's 85 years old be able to write that type of music, right. um, it, he's a genius. I mean, this guy is the Mozart and Beethoven of our era. And oh I'm yeah, so happy he's still around. Why? Why? I I like that you're saying Superman got you into film because I got into film from seeing Superman uh, at my father's film history class. Nice. And since then, it's just been like everything film, and I was watching movies I shouldn't have watched when I was a little kid because I had an older brother so I shouldn't have been like seven years old and I had seen Risky Business and Revenge of the Nerds and um, you know wondering why I liked some of those things you know when you're six or seven and you're thinking why is Rebecca DeMornay so pretty mm. um, but it's really interesting that you say that because John Williams he, oh of course yeah Lady Bird uh, <laughs> it, uh, the 
the whole thing is um, what's what I, where I think he's a genius is you really have to kind of stop and think is with Star Wars, Superman, and Indiana Jones. Uh, how can I put it? Um, they're almost the same score. Mm-hmm. He just moves the ba bump ba bump, bump. You can easily transfer. You know, da, 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 like Darth Vader can easily be turned into the the Indiana Jones score. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so brilliant about him is that he's had three of, I mean, people that hate movies know those scores. Well, you could just listen to the dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Just right off the bat. Right, and Superman. Yeah, Jaws, right. You know, it's Superman. So that's the brilliance of John Williams. Right. And, you know, I'm a Harry Potter. I think a lot of millennials probably grew up with Harry Potter. Right, right. That's it. Yeah, well, that's, you know, and that's what I think is, I mean, that can be carried over to so many other musicians. I mean, you hear one chord and all they did was just kind of tweak it, you know, mm-hmm. Clapton or B.B. King or. Well, even James Horner with Titanic. Yes. Titanic or Jerry Goldsmith with his Star Trek. Right. Scores. Yes. Oh, just... Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So let's see. Um, you mentioned that film and. I just get so wrapped up in talking film. I, I I did not mean to forget that film you said we were going to discuss. A whisper or oh no okay so um I guess getting back on track because I also yeah it's I'm, I'm going off track but so after occupants the occupants um it, it won the the best sci-fi feature award at Shreefest. And then they also screened at uh, Comic-Con. But when we won that award, uh, and the festival director, Denise Gossett, I mean, she is just such a wonderful person. I was really, really, I, I was floored. I mean, I, I did not think we had a chance of winning because there was um, some other, we basically, okay. basically um, our budget was like, five figures and we're up against this other film and they were like a million dollars and this was a good film it's a really good film i i watched it um um uh, it was called telios but now it's uh they changed the title on on amazon but you can watch it it's a really good film so i said no we don't have a chance and when we won i'm like what (laughs) i'm like no way it's impossible so um since then oh okay since then um it's basically accelerated um you know like uh i mentioned troy and troy i hope you're feeling better but troy gabaldon i met at the downtown los angeles film festival and then again at shriek fest and he offered to hire me to direct collar and the collar is a film that um you know again i can't it's yeah yeah, give it away but you know um it had denise in it too sean gunnell uh michael ray denise gossett and jennifer burst and uh, we just won the special audience award at this festival called the Hell Chess Festival in uh, Madrid, I think it was. And it, it's about, it's a take on Catholicism. So, and, oh, and okay. all that. so I'm going, and you've got to see, it's controversial. But Excellent. I love controversy. really well done. And it's a uh, pilot episode already written. So he has ideas of stretching it out. And that's one reason I said, yeah, sure. But that I would direct it, but he offered me to direct it, and this guy's a director himself. And you know how humbling that is. Yeah. I mean, it's, and he paid me, and it's you're only paid me. But it's because of occupants. And then right. um, one of our um, Indiegogo investors for occupants was Paul Hickman, 
And again, he hired me to do the Assassin's Apprentice, which is a sizzle reel, like collar. They're both 15 minutes long. And they had Tara Page. Um, uh, Tara Page is a renowned stunt actress, like in, um, um, like, like in uh, Alice in Wonderland. I think she was um, in that, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. And basically, she's a star role in... Um, in, in uh, The Assassin's Apprentice, she plays Kaylee. And it also has Robert Picardo. Again, I said that I worked with him six times. And Marina Sirtis. And Marina Sirtis, I grew up watching her on The Next Generation. She's Counselor Troy on Star Trek The Next Generation. So for me, uh, The Next Generation was my Star Trek surreal to be able to uh, direct actors of that caliber. You right. know? And again, I was hired by Paul Hickman. It's like Troy Gabaldon hired me for Collar. He hired me for Assassin's Apprentice. Collar's done. It's been done since the summer of last year. So now it's in the festival route. Right. And our next screening is the local one, Huntington Beach Film Festival. Oh, uh, okay. So it will screen there, and then it will screen in Idlewild. So oh, okay. So coming up right now. Um, and I'm and, prepping material for it all. Then, all right. And you were, you were at that, correct? Oh, yeah. Last year I was at Idlewild yeah. and also Huntington Beach, but it was right. called the SoCal Independent Film Festival. Oh, it's not Huntington Beach? Yeah, it, it is. They changed the name. Oh. But it's still the same festival. Oh, okay, okay. And it's at the Huntington Beach Library. So right, It's not that right. far away. I think it's on Talbert. Right, right. Um, so Collar's done. But Assassin's Apprentice, we're doing a final sound mix on uh, February 10th, I think, is when we're going to do it. And basically the visuals are done. Um, um, everything's done except for the sound. So we're very close. Um and to our supporters, and when I say supporters, I mean our donors. Randy <laughs> 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 Gogo, I apologize. It's been taking so long, but it is almost done. Right. And you will be able to see it. I trust me. Please, crossing fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and they, again, you know, Paul and Troy, they took a chance on me because of Occupants and what it did at like Shriek Fest and these other stuff. I mean, we've been screening in like ten countries. Just festivals. I'm right. not talking distribution. We have distribution. Right. I'm just talking. Uh, we won like 40 plus awards. Right. Um, you know, um, uh, we we screened at like 70 or 80 venues. Uh, we've been in 29 states. Right. I mean, it's just it's very surreal. Um, what what has been able to happen, and also because of that, then Howard was able to get the funding for our fifth feature film. I mentioned Whisper, and Whisper right. we shot in New York and New Jersey in July of uh, last year. And I again, I saw the second cut. And I, I'm very convinced we have a film, a really good film, because right. I was laughing at the right moments. I was like tear-jerked at, you know, sad moments. It's basically a, um, if you go to whisperproject.com, you can see this, but it's a crime thriller. It's based on a true story. And um, uh, it's about this, uh, this father and his family was murdered. Oh, um, it's it's uh again it's controversial too. So, well we but I was very happy with we love America. controversy. Yeah, well controversy. I mean that's one of the reasons why I do it. We yeah. got in Oliver Stone's my favorite filmmaker, so I'm he's good. He's good, and you know what? He works with John Williams. <laughs> yes, three times. Born on the fourth. Of, what were the other two? I know Born on oh, the fourth. Born, of July. JFK, and Nicholas. that's right. JFK. I'm dumb. I should have known JFK. That's the film that made me want to make be a film director. Until I realized that I just wasn't one. Uh, my I have more of a producer skill set. So, uh, but yeah, I uh, JFK. That was the one where 
Uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Everybody. I mean, everybody's in that. Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon make have small roles. Uh, John Candy. Um, uh, John Candy. That that closing speech. I mean, it's it's kind of eerie how relevant it is, even though he's talking about uh, a president. Uh, the craziest thing for that film, when you when we were talking about the Superman connection, was my dad was the age when John Kennedy was killed that I was when the film came out. So almost like if you do the math, it's almost to like the date because our birthdays are a month apart. So he was like, so I remember my father, you know, giving me, my dad, he let me see Born on the 4th of July because he wanted me to not ever spit on veterans. He said, you're going to see stuff in here. You don't ever do the veteran. I was nine years old. And then with JFK, I remember him having this big, like, series. And he and my dad never gave me talks about movies, anything. And he just was like, I hope that you never in your lifetime experience what this film is mm. and what you're going to see and what it's going to say. Oh, it's very disturbing. Yeah, and he very, said, very yeah, and but he told me, he said, if you do, don't just listen to what the government tells you you know, research, have an opinion. And, you know, I'm 39 now and I can vividly remember him just giving me this whole, and then when I saw the film, just, God, I think it's 16 different film stocks they use. And it's, uh, some people stay away from it because it's a three hour movie, but it's, it's so well done. It wasn't going to win best picture. It wasn't, they weren't going to acknowledge the, the bullshit to it. Pardon me, Russell, if you didn't want that on the air, but um but uh, that is that is one masterpiece of a film. Yeah. Um, is why don't we just take a quick break and uh, you can uh, share some thoughts on Last Jedi because I kind of like to during li- the break or after. No, no, no. This is the break. You're oh, talking break? about Last Last Jedi is the break. Uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, let's just put it this way: when I saw it the second time, I was happier. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is uh, <laughs> probably because I knew what was going to happen the second time, but the first time I saw it, I'm telling you, this is the first Star Wars film. What afterwards? It was a full, uh, full house. There was no clapping. There was nothing after the film. I mean, people were leaving before the end credits were over. Right. And crickets, nothing. It's right. like people are like, uh, okay, kind of feeling, right. you know. So I, it was very underwhelming the first time I saw it. The second time I, you know, saw more into it, like, for instance, the motif is failure and right. how to overcome it. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. But it definitely is not, it's not our Star Wars. You know, as when I say our, right. like, Tra- it's the not original George tr- Lucas. Right, even the it, trilogy, it's right. even not the prequels. I mean, um, some people have told me they appreciate the, appreciate the prequels more now because of The Last Jedi. And that's that's not a it's not good. Right, right. <laughs> but it's a very divisive film. And you know, the way when I was doing my research, it turns out the Empire Strikes Back really divided audiences too back then. You know, the Empire so, Strikes Back to me is the best one ever. My mind will never change. They'll never create an episode that was just to me. Oh, that's I agree. Such an ep there's so many people that's their favorite. The question I have is is that if you said I didn't like I Tanya, you wouldn't say the second time. So well, what made you go back seen, the second? I never seen I Tanya. No, but no, no. I'm saying oh, I'm using it as why, an example. Why? Why? Because I always watch 
Star Wars film multiple times. Oh, but number okay. two, movie pass. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. okay. Movie pass is well, right. I mean, you pay ten bucks a month, but right. you know, technically, you can watch as many movies as you want. Right. Um, you can spend hundreds, technically hundreds of dollars for ten bucks a month. Right. So that's why. Um, I I needed to. I'm probably gonna see it one more time. Just just, and I want to see it in 3D now. So uh, okay. the first time I saw it, because I want, I always watch a Star Wars film on opening. I okay. just, it's been a tradition. Right, right. Um, and second time is to just, you know, take it in uh, some more. Yeah, there's something, it's not, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics love it. It's like 90%. But the I, audience score, 49%. See, I'm, That's I'm. worse than Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Oh God! Don't get me started on Attack of the Clones. I'll waste the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Last Jedi. What fresh? Okay. The basically the only thing that frustrates me is that um, by now it's common knowledge that all the characters are gone, and the characters you that spoiled it for some people. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean Carrie Fisher's well, physically gone. Yeah. Um, and died in the last. Yeah, time. and some. So for me, because I, you know, I, again, I was, I was the first one I saw in the theater, I was five was Return of the Jedi. And then my brother would just, my whole life was my brother watching these films. I think he thought they were like Grapes of Wrath and Lawrence of Arabia. And so I just, to me, what made us like Star Wars, I mean, it was like, okay, Force Awakens, Han Solo's gone. It's like, he was my favorite character. So then it was like, okay, there's two more with no Han, and then now Princess Leia's gone. And so, and then there's this big gaping hole that we'll just throw out into the universe because no one can ever, that I've asked about 10 people, no one can answer it, is that it, how did Luke become a master if all the Jedi teachers were gone? Or so? I know, see, that I just, I still don't. I still don't buy that. To to become a, to, in my opinion, to become a master, you still need your trainer at jo, at jujitsu. You don't need the ghost of the jujitsu guy in the gym. And I can take that force ghost, not against you, against the way they play it. And the other thing that's always bugged me is, as a world, we act like George Lucas invented. We turn into our mentors. And I think that's just common sense. I think that's why mentors mentor us because we were them 30 years ago. And then there's a point where they say, we're not your mentor. You're going to go off and you're going to screw up or you're going to succeed. And not just the kind of flaw I had. Um, I can't say what my biggest flaw is because it would be a complete spoiler, but uh, I will go when it comes out uh, maybe to prime or, if I do get movie pass, uh, I was fortunate to see, you know, disaster artists and I, Tanya and, um, get all that stuff out of the way. But, um, so with your films, is there anything else that you would like to, uh, discuss, promote, get out to people that, well, any I, websites, social media? Yeah. Um, you know, you go to russem.com or ussem.com. You can see all the links to every, Technically, you know, every film that I've directed, um, you can go to occupantsthemovie.com for occupants, uh, which, again, there's a link on my site uh, with perproject.com. 
Uh, we have links to Facebook. You just go to my site. You go to yes. Occupants or Whisper Site. Interest me. They're all there, so they're they all link together. Um, and I will be directing again um, next month. Oh. And in New York, uh, I already booked my ticket. And again, it's with Howard Nash, and we're doing the, these sets of comical uh, episodes of this show called The Meeting. And we did two uh, a couple of years ago, but now we're doing two more. And um, we're, we're going to be shooting that on February 18th, I think. Yes. So I, go, I, I fly in on the 16th. I leave on the 19th. You know. So after, our show, after this, right. uh, yesterday I was dealing with Whisper, right? Right. Um, and um, I was prepping materials for two upcoming festivals for occupants, which, uh, correct me if I'm saying this name wrong, Las Cruces. Lots Christmas now, good yeah, old Lots Christmas. Really, Christus. really wonderful festival. And you know, I That's what I've heard. Was, we've had, some other, we've yeah, had was, some other guests yeah. that have been in it. Yeah. This, this film, remember, Occupants has been out for two years. And yeah. it's still getting in after two years? It's yeah, that's It's a testament to this film and to the crew and to the cast. I mean, it just makes me so happy. Um, at, at Flagler, by the way, uh, they awarded me the best director of a feature film just uh-huh. a couple of days ago. Oh, so okay. and it's just like whoa, you know. I'm like, really, seriously, <laughs> right. me? You know, and you were in Biloxi. You know, I was in Biloxi for the what's it called, the Southern Indie Fan Film Fest for Collar. Oh. Um, and then um, we're gonna I mentioned Idlewild and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Bare Bones Film Festival in Oklahoma. Right. Muskogee, I think it's called. Mus- Mus- oh, uh, oh. Pronouncing the name. Muskogee. Muskogee. You see, I am so bad with. Name. Well, no, because there's a partial racial slur, but I can say it because my dad's from the Midwest, where they call you an Okie from Muskogee. Ah. And it just means you're from the middle of nowhere, and <laughs> I, w- I would not say it if my dad wasn't from the Midwest and didn't act like one sometimes. Um, hey, where did Superman grow up? Oh, I forget the name. Smallville. Oh, that's right. That's right. A neighboring state in Oklahoma. That's right. And he he moved to New York. So what does that tell you? Uh, Not in New York. It's Metropolis. That's true. It's Metropolis. Metropolis. That's right. It just looks like Manhattan. It looks just like Manhattan. That's right. It's Metropolis. But um, no, it's um. So we're doing the meeting. That that's why I mentioned that. Um, Right. uh, Getting back to uh, whatever else I want to talk about. I guess it's um. We're doing. I'm directing again in February. So that is something I'm going to be prepping now that I was able to deal with. Um, because when you get in a film festival, you have to send them material. Oh, of course. So you have to prep, right. you have right. to prep all this stuff. You know, right. they ask you for files, CCP. Uh, sometimes, like, I just finished for a Brazilian film festival that's coming up. I had a, I had a subtitle, Occupant, 81-minute film, 1,309 lines. And it had to be... Uh, Put onto the film, not an SRT. SRT is uh, the subtitle right. uh, file. So we had the translation in Portuguese. Right. And I use a company called Rev, right. and it's a really good company, recommended by Julia Camera, our writer, right. a really wonderful woman of um, occupants. And uh, shout out to you, Julia, member of, of the writer's guild. So she's, she's incredible. Oh, excellent. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to do this. You have to, that, that's, that's the downside of getting into right, it. Right, right. You know, you have to give them all this material. So I was dealing with that. Then I switched to Whisper because we had to get the notes for the second cut uh, to the editor. Right. So that we can, you know, lock picture. And it's close to locking. It'll be a 91-minute film. Um, and it's really, he's Emil Harris, not Emil Harris. I know. <laughs> Harris is really, really good. So I dealt with that. Now I'm moving on to the meeting. 
Right, okay. Because I have to prep, prepare, and, and you've directed before. Yeah. So you have to do a shot list. You right. have to uh, contact the cast, the crew, get everybody in sync. I'm going to be talking to our DP for that, Omar Portia, who was our first AC on Whisper. Okay. So I'm going to talk to him next week. But I have to prepare all this stuff, you know? Yeah, no, so, it's, a, it's bananas yeah. for people that have never worked in the film business. I, I mean, I, I'm fortunate that I I had five or six films and lots of festivals, but that was the day where you just sent a bio, a poster, and I think it was still a mini DV tape or a beta copy. Oh, beta. And this was before, beta. H- this was before oh. HD. Uh, I mean, I've had festivals in the last Digi couple beta. years. but Digi beta. Digi yes. beta. I used a company called Point360. I yeah. don't know if you did that. No, no, no. This was in Hawaii oh, okay. and, and Vancouver and uh, – it was, um, I mean, I, I've had a, a good almost 10 uh, films in festi- multiple festivals and has a producer. There was just not, now when I hear like what you were just explaining, how much to go through, and it was kind of more of a, because the film had taken off and got distribution and it was more of the like, all of a sudden it was the director's show. Yeah, well... You know, like, the director kind of, now all of a sudden he doesn't need you to be the producer because he needs the attention. Not saying you, I'm saying, but in my that in my experience, that's what I, that's what I lived. Let, let's put it this way. The reason I'm happy that we're winning the awards or getting the festivals is because it helps uh, for future films. Because our investors, and we have investors, they look at what we've done, right. and they're happy. They right. are happy. If they're happy, I'm happy right. because, you know, it means that they can get, you know, a uh, return on their investment. Right. And that's why I am so happy with a film like Occupants uh, getting, you know, what it has done. It just makes it that much more viable, I guess. Right. Um, well, and, and it's actually good. Like, I have a couple of things on Prime, but you'd have to pay me to tell you what they are because there's such movie schlock action horror and uh russell was making a good point about investors was that uh i remember someone told me and i don't know if it's still i'm sure it still stands to some degree they said some people don't care about the quality they just care that you're on the shelf at blockbuster because it's almost like you got a movie into stores when there was stores like I always said, if I had a movie in Hollywood video, which I did nationwide and video stores closed, does that mean I never had a national release? Uh, that is also on Amazon Prime. And I... Well, now, now it's Walmart. Yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah, it's Walmart. And, yeah, and, and my other movies on Prime are, are on Target.com and Walmart.com. And, and uh, one, actually, that one that... Uh, we did it on a, with a company on the Universal lot. So it was like totally this surreal experience to like get through the gate and you're a producer. Not and focused. No, no, no. It was, this was a long time ago. Oh. Okay. And flash forward, it was 2004 or five, flash forward like three years, Blockbuster's closing down and I'm going through the $1.99 box and I find my movie. Nice. And nice. I'm thinking nice. all these years, of work and all the time and energy 
and it's in the dollar ninety nine get rid of it box. And I was with my best friend of twenty four years, and he said, "You know what? Just be glad you're in Blockbuster. Yeah, because there's thousands of guys outside the door who have nothing in Blockbuster and will never say they had something in Blockbuster." And so I, I kind of took it as that. He told me to buy it. I refused to pay two dollars for my movie, but I should have bought it. But uh, so yeah, so that was. Uh, it, I guess that we're going to hit a point where it's way back when, when there was video stores, but um, to ha- I actually have four things on Prime. I'm just so used to not telling people what they are. That... Well, you got to tell me after. <laughs> yeah, I know. For me, I mean, for me, making a film is, you know, I, I just love it. I love it so much. I, the music, especially, you know, yeah. I can listen to that old crate. I mentioned that. Right. Cue over and over and over again. That's one thing about my mentality. It's like, right. I'm a perfectionist and I just you know, I think right. it's like ADHD or something. Right. I'm sure I am. I call it movie OCD. There you go. Yeah. Movie OCD. And you probably have it. I have I, it. Yeah. Um, but it's entertainment, right? right? So what I really hope is if you watch Occupants, BJ, you know, Nathaya or Chains the Green, hopefully Whisper, you're entertained. Right. So for Occupants, 81 minute film, for 81 minutes of your life, if you're like had a stressful day or, you know, you just need to take a break. I just hope for those 81 minutes that you are entertained. Right. Just like, uh, you know, people back in the thirties and the forties during the great depression era, right. they wanted to escape from it all, go into a movie theater, which had air conditioning, which was very <laughs> new at that time. Right. And for those two hours or whatever, you know, 80 minutes, 90 minutes, you could just escape from the world. Escape. Right. Escape the spirit. I think that's what they call it. Right. right. For films. That's, yeah. That's what I want. I want people to be entertained. And I hope they are. Well, you know, it's, uh, as you were saying that, uh, the first, the first film that I directed now, is now on Wikipedia. I don't know how this is getting so much. Attention. Oh, that is cool. Um, the, uh, the, what was funny about it was, was that people would come up to me and say they didn't enjoy it, but the director intended to make a B action movie. So I think that was why it did well, because it wasn't like he set off to make a great action movie. He wanted it to be, like you're saying, he wanted you to have a corny experience. and Kind of like uh, I just saw was the Kung Fury. Right? Did you see Kung Fury? No, 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 I've never seen oh, okay. it. They purposely made it look like it was from the 80s VH, VH, uh, HS tape. So oh. that, you know, it had those, you know, weird twiggly lines and all that, like the tape is so worn out. Right. They purposely did that. Uh, and guess what? It works. Right. And it I mean, works well. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because after I had had many conversations with people being like, how are you winning the Hawaii International Film Festival? And how are you playing in different countries? And then I just said to the director and he said, I intended every moment. And so what was kind of funny was, was then it was almost like he did a great job because yeah. he set out, you know, uh, the intention, and like you're saying, escape, uh, just to jump back to Lady Bird real quick, um, with all that surrounding around that, it's really a film that just should be escaped. You should use it as an escape from the stuff that it's causing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's kind of ironic about it, is that it's, people are forgetting that aspect. And forgetting that there's all these other films and that this is the time 
you know, this is like our movie Super Bowl. We we look forward to, we know that from November to January, that's when we get the great films. And that's when we get the films that we remember. And, uh, you know, we don't get a long football season or a long baseball season. And we we're lucky if we get 10 films that are, you know, wow, that really floored me. Um, so that's what's been kind of ironic. And all I'm, the last thing I'm going to say is on Lady Bird is this. I, I'm just hoping, I, I've had this joke, not many people have liked it, but I have a feeling like it's going to turn the Oscars into like the Republican National Convention. And no offense if you're a Republican, anyone, but I just, it's, I hope that we can get back to uh, by March, I think it's March 4th, uh, we can get back to remembering, you know, why we like movies and why we talk about movies and why we go see them. And then it's, uh, I mean, I'm from Hawaii and what was it a couple of days ago? Uh, somebody hit the warning oh, button. Oh, yeah, that, that, that must have freaked a lot. Yeah, oh, freak all kinds of, I have 75% of people that I know on this planet live in Hawaii and they were told that a ballistic missile was coming and 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 in my opinion right now, if we what's her last name? Greta I just pronounced oh. it wrong. Greta Gerwig? Yeah, Gerwig. I guarantee if she walked in the room right now, she would say that's more important than that she didn't get a best director nomination. Because if she because to have the compassion to make a film Ladybird, mm-hmm. I mean any human probably cares that Hawaii was gonna get blown up. So I've been kind of living in this world where my friends are hearing Cold War sirens, and they're hearing nuclear sirens, and to me, that kind of is like a trump card on the blackjack table of, are we really fight arguing about Natalie Portman? Like, you know, like, and so I'll leave it at that, Um, and once again, Russell, if you could just uh, mention all the social media so people get that in. Sure. Um, it's uh, www.russem.com, R-U-S-S-E-M.com. It's a combination of my first and last name, nice. Russell Emanuel. Um, and on there, you can see all the films I've done from Girl with Gun, PJ, Chasing the Green, The Legends of Nathaya, Occupants, The Assassin's Apprentice, Whisper, Collar. It's all there. And there's more films, but um, you can see all that. Um, and then there's links to uh, Twitter, to Facebook, uh, to Instagram, if you want to follow. Um, but it's all there. You go to like occupantsthemovie.com, you'll see all the links there. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just hope people, um, you know, got something out of this, uh, I guess, was it like a 50 minute interview? Yeah, 50 minutes. So yeah. I, hope, I hope you were entertained. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Paul, for oh. having me on again in, in, in live. Yes, live in the studio. It's, kind of, it's very surreal, so I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, we appreciate it. This was uh, an idea that just hit me, and uh, Russell was up for it. Today was, pr- I, I will just say this. Today was, I today was probably the day I was the most unprofessional I've ever been. I was like a little bit late, and I'm like this. I'm totally my grandma. My grandma's like, if you're gonna do anything, be on time or just don't do it. And so my grandma would be smacking me today. I'm not going to say I'm glad she's gone, but uh, if she could come back, she would definitely have my head. Uh, And we do this for her, especially I want to close and then I'll I'll let Russell close. Uh, You know, we do this 
Uh, we've had so many female guests, and part of the reason why I talk about Lady Bird is because my grandmother was really, really into film history, and she was in the generation where it wasn't just that there was 10%, uh, and I don't think this condones it. Again, don't misread me here. Uh, she was in the generation where there was no chance for women, and you know, she wanted to be a film historian and didn't get to uh, pursue that. So um, everything that I get to do goes through her. And this show is kind of for her because she was about people and different films uh, from different places and uh, just bringing people together. So uh, this studio, we uh, we are appreciative to have someone in here and uh, Will Russell, and we thank him for being the inaugural guest. Um, that's going to do it for me at Talking Pictures. I'll let Russell close if he has anything else to say, but thank you so much for joining us. Well, um, again, thank you, Paul, for having uh, me on in the, the inaugural live show, which is kind of neat. Um, I want to give a shout out to my parents, Charles and Akemi Emanuel. I mean, they, um, they, they, they're, they're very supportive um, of my career, and I don't think I would be here without them. Um, I want to get, give a shout out to uh, just recently passed Charlie the dog. Um, was my first dog ever um, because when I was growing up, I had, a, I had allergies, and they did have a dog, but they had to get rid of that dog because of my allergies. So basically, when I moved out, and uh, my brother Kenneth shout out to him, moved out. Uh, my brother Chris has already been moved out. Um, they were able to get a dog, Charlie. That was back in 2004. And, you know, I visited all the time and, you know, for a period of time I lived there too. So I considered him my first dog and yeah, he just passed on December 28th. So shout out to him, you know, and doggy heaven. And uh, just, you know, just, just, you know, thank you, you know, to people like uh, uh, Harris, to uh, Howard, to Troy, uh, to Paul, um, just to Bob Picardo, to just everybody who's, you know, just been out there to people who are listening to people who just watch my films or just are just supportive, like people like you, Paul, you know, just to have me on. So, yeah, thank you so much. I just actually, I'm just going to close with a second close was that uh, that was the third thing where there's just been kind of like a spiritual chime where that was another saying of my grandma's was the easiest thing to do in the world is say thank you. So I'm going to leave it on my grandma's soapbox. You guys have a wonderful day. And no matter what you do, I don't care how busy you are, make sure and watch a good movie.